Welcome to What is Truth, a Catholic apologetics podcast that seeks to help others find the fullness of truth in Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. It is my prayer that through today's episode, the Holy Spirit would sanctify both you and I in the truth. Here are nine ways that the Bible connects Mary, the mother of Jesus, with the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. Connection 1. At the approach of both the Ark and Mary, someone leaps or dances. If we go back to the Old Testament, we see that David danced before the Ark as he led it into the city of Jerusalem. If we look at 2 Samuel 6, it says that David danced and he was leaping. This is paralleled when a pregnant Mary visits her pregnant cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says to Mary, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Here we see that John the Baptist is dancing at the approach of the new Ark of the Covenant, Mary the mother of Jesus, just like David danced before the old Ark of the Covenant. Connection 2. The one who leaps and dances before the Ark and Mary has a priestly association. Even though David was not of the tribe of Levi and not a priest of the Lord, he still chose to wear the priestly garments while he was dancing, and that gives him a priestly connection in the text. The unborn John the Baptist also has a priestly connection because he is a child of Zechariah, who is a priest who ministers with incense before the Lord in his holy temple. So he has priestly blood when he's dancing in the womb of his mother Elizabeth. Connection 4. Both David and John the Baptist aren't fully clothed in both of these stories. Now, this connection didn't really make the final cut, but... I'm here in post-production inserting it back in for the sake of completion or else we wouldn't have a full nine reasons here. But if you think about it, John the Baptist in the womb, he's not fully clothed and yet he's dancing before the Lord in his vulnerable, unborn state. David, too, dances in a vulnerable, near-naked state in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, he wasn't entirely naked. He was wearing the priestly garment, the linen ephod, but he was kind of more uncovered than usual. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20, we read, As soon as David returned home to bless his own household, Saul's daughter Michal came out to meet him. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, she said. He has uncovered himself today in the sight of the maidservants of his subjects like a vulgar person would do. But David said to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me over your father and all his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord and I will humiliate and humble myself even more than this. Yet I will be honored by the maidservants of whom you have spoken. So we see that connection there, that David is somewhat unclothed, as the biblical evidence shows. Michal says that he uncovered himself 
like a vulgar person would do. And David kind of agrees in principle when he says that I am willing to humiliate myself and humble myself even more than this for the sake of the Lord. Connection 3. A similar question is asked in the presence of Mary and the Ark. Long before the Ark was transferred to Jerusalem, a man named Uzzah was unfortunate enough to touch the Ark when some oxen that were carrying it stumbled. And for this, the Lord struck Uzzah down for his irreverence to the Ark. So he's laying down dead, and David turns and looks to him and says, How can the Ark of the Lord come to me? Elizabeth says something similar to her cousin Mary when she sees her, saying, And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Connection 5. Both Mary and the Ark reside in a place in Judah that is not their permanent resting place for three months. So after Uzzah perishes by touching the ark, King David feels responsible for how the ark was carried that led to that tragedy. And so instead of taking it all the way from Kiriath-Jerim to Jerusalem as he had planned, he keeps it in the kingdom of Judah, but in the care of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And there the ark stayed, a little bit in between the two places with Obed-Edom the Gittite. How long did it stay with Obed-Edom? The scripture tells us it was three months. Once more, this is paralleled by Mary visiting Elizabeth by traveling to the hill country of Judah and staying with her for three months. Connection 6. Both Mary and the Ark act as a blessing to the family of the person they stay with for three months. When we look to when the Ark was in the household of Obed-Edom the Gittite, we see that his entire household was blessed. And the scripture tells us that this was because of the ark of God. And similarly, when Elizabeth sees Mary, she calls her blessed among women, and the fruit of her womb is blessed as well. Mary responds that all generations will call Mary blessed. And so we see here that blessing is tied to the presence of the Ark of the Covenant and the new Ark, Mary. Connection 7. Immediately upon seeing the Ark in the heavenly temple, the Apostle John sees a vision of Mary. Right at the end of Revelations chapter 11, John the Apostle sees the temple of the Lord with the Ark in it. And it's accompanied by lightning and rumblings and thunder. But then immediately at the start of chapter 12, right there, he sees a great sign appearing in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars. And she was pregnant and about to give birth. There were no chapter divisions in the original Bible, and by putting these images together, John is showing us that there is a connection between Mary and the Ark of the Covenant of old. How do we know that this woman is Mary? Well, if we look at the next image, a dragon appears that tries to devour the child that is born of the woman. And this child, when he is born, is a male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and he is caught up to the throne of God. If this image of a dragon is clearly the devil, and the child is clearly Jesus, well then the woman that gives birth to the child can be nobody other than the woman who gave birth to Jesus. 
Connection 8. The Ark carries three symbols that represent Jesus, while Mary actually carries Jesus, who is the fulfillment of these three symbols. The Ark of the Covenant always had three distinct holy objects inside of it, representing the presence of God with his people. The written word of God on tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, the staff of the high priest Aaron which budded in the desert, and a jar of the manna, the bread that fell from heaven in the desert. Mary fulfilled her role as Ark when she carried in her womb the true high priest, Jesus. Mary fulfilled her role as Ark when she carried Jesus, the true manna from heaven, the bread of life. And finally, she fulfilled her role as Ark when she carried not just the written word of God on stone, but the word made flesh, the only Son of God. Connection number nine, the same unique word that is used in the Greek Old Testament Bible to describe the cloud of the Lord's glory filling the tabernacle in the wilderness where the Ark of the Lord was in Exodus is how Luke describes Jesus' conception by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. The Greek Old Testament Bible in Exodus 40 uses the word episkiazo to describe how the glory cloud of the Lord had settled on the tabernacle and filled it with his presence. So when Luke comes to write the account of Mary's conception of Jesus, he chooses that word episkiasei very intentionally when he says that the Holy Spirit will overshadow Mary. And through this, the Bible is teaching us that Mary will have a central role in the church's prayer life and in our devotion to God because the reverence that we give to Mary is modeled after the reverence and the honor that the Israelites paid to God through giving respect to the Ark of the Covenant that bore his presence. <laughs>